Hello and welcome back to the Tamper Tantrum interviews from the SCAA show. Our next interviewee is um, the 2006 World Barista Champion and one of the collective at the Coffee Collective, uh, Mr. Klaus Thompson. Now Klaus is uh, renowned all over the world for um, his work with coffee. Uh, he's heavily involved in direct trade programs with Coffee Collective. Uh, obviously has a, a history in barista competitions, but on top of all of that is one of the genuinely nicest people that I've ever met in coffee. Uh, so Klaus was a, yeah, a really enjoyable person to listen to and I think someone that uh, is very dear to the hearts of many people in specialty coffee. Enjoy. So I'm joined by Klaus Thompson, 2006 World Barista Champion. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I love my stats. That I can, you're, my fir- you're my first champion I saw compete like, oh really yeah because I, I did before 2006 I'd never been to a competition alright or a world competition and I, oh, I've only missed year, good year to start yeah I've only missed one since and that was Tokyo was too far away and yeah. I was I was too poor for an aeroplane oh but, um, that was a good one so for those who don't know who you are tell us your little bit about your background how you got into coffee and what you're doing now well, that's, uh, that can be a long story, but the, uh, we like actually, long stories. Uh, since we're in Seattle, I should uh, contribute my, uh, my coffee career to Starbucks, because yep. that was my first coffee job. I moved to London in, I think it was 99 or 2000, yep. just uh, to live in the big city, and got a job at Starbucks. That was uh, my first yeah, entry into coffee, um, and it was, um, it was great on many levels. Quality, looking back, wasn't great, but, uh, but that kind of... First, sitting down, tasting three different coffees, working on a lot of Soko as, as they were using back then, was uh, was uh, yeah, it was a big thing. And then uh, my hobbies, like, it, it grew as a hobby. Uh, when I came back, I bought a home service machine, Nova Simonelli Oscar, <laughs> and uh, and for us online reading everything I could. And it was just back in the days before the forums and. Stuff you know today. I don't, I don't know if you know that. Like coffee was the thing. I, I remember. Yeah, I was, remember yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. I was one of those weirdos hanging out on exactly, there. Exactly. Yeah. But the Oscar. I, Colin. I see Colin smiling when you said Oscar <laughs> because I don't know if you know. I, I had a coffee shop before I had a roastery. All right. Yeah. I didn't know that. And when I opened my coffee shop, the first machine I had in it was an Oscar. Brilliant. I ran a, a 40, 50 drink a day coffee shop on an Oscar. That's brilliant. It, I love that machine. It it's... died about three months in, and I had to get something else because I just. I just hurt it, it too much. <laughs> <laughs> I was hurting it. But it's a, it's a brilliant machine. I still, to this day, I recommend that machine to a lot of people. It's, it's a fantastic value for money machine. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So you were, you were at Starbucks. You, got, you became this home yeah, barista. And then, and then what, what happened? I, I moved back to Denmark and um, got a job at Estate Coffee and, um, and worked there. And um, I remember the, the daily manager there said to me, uh, yeah, you can, you can be our machinesto. You can be in charge of machinery if you compete in this barista competition. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll try that. It was 2004, and I won the Danish championship, became third in the world, I think seven points after Tim Mendelberg won that year. Wow. And this so, is at a time where the Nords were, were owning the competition. Completely, yeah. I think that was like the third time Tim was competing, and he'd been like number two twice, and you know, we had Martin and Fritz had won in Denmark before, and so there's there was a like there was a lot of pressure, but at the same time it felt like well everybody knows that we're like we're rocking the scene, so it also you, you had some confidence going into it. And uh, and then 2005, Jules won here in Seattle, and I thought like shit, that's not going to improve my chances. But uh, but then I won the the year after, and it was a yeah, fantastic experience. 
Burn was a very different competition and, and like set up and stage to what we see now. Yeah. Like, do you ever get those urges to kind of like go, oh, I'd like to compete on this kind of stage and this kind of presence? Totally, totally. That, I really sometimes like fantasize about competing again from the point that you have like, you, maybe you're at home and you're like, I don't know, cooking, chopping onions, and in your mind you're like, oh, it would be so sweet to do like this kind of thing in a routine where you're like, you, you get some idea and you're like, oh, it would be so fantastic to, to do that on stage again. So I would love an ex-champion to compete <laughs> again. I want this rule to be broken. Yeah. Like, I always wanted Colin to win purely because I know he would compete he again. Compete again. Like yeah. He would not yeah. be able to stop himself. I've talked um, numerous times with both uh, Tim Minimum and, and James Hoffman about like competing again and, and, uh, and similar I got drunk once and, and we were like we were really getting into it like yeah we'll do it we'll do it the same year and, you know yeah but I think I think everyone is better off if we don't Gw- <laughs> Gw- Gwillem's talked really, about it really I can see I like, can see in Gwillem's eyes that he really wants to compete again yeah, because yeah. He, he we forget that he actually only ever competed in a barista competition five times yeah like yeah, he did one it. year and yeah. then wasn't allowed to compete anymore yeah um, yeah, yeah. You, can t- you can see that in his eyes. So tell us about, a little bit about what you're doing now, because I think it was 2006 was the, an exciting time with the whole blogs, online yeah. like, online forums, videos. Like It was starting to become the norm. Yeah. And Coffee Collective, I remember being born at that time and being the, there was such a buzz about the company. So yes. tell yeah. us a little bit about how so it came we, together and what you do. Yeah, we started the company in 2007. So I, I took a year. I, I dropped out of college, first of all, after I went. And then I took a year to just get the most out of it, like travel a lot, um, yeah, visiting Origin a lot, and, you know, just sort of make the most of all the opportunities that it gave. And then uh, we started the company, and uh, and it was yeah, we we four who started, I should I should say, and um, we had we'd all been colleagues, and um, and I think you're right, there was a lot of, of buzz. It was like the, the blogs were like the thing at the time, and we we started a blog. Those we started the blog as the first thing in the entire company like and then uh, and so people were able to actually follow the progress as we were starting up the company like what were we doing like we, f- we found a name and we found a you know graphic identity and we started like looking at coffees we bought a roaster so you could follow all these steps like our first sample roaster that we were dragging into Casper's apartment uh, like this little two room apartment and his kitchen it took up like half his kitchen space and we were sample roasting People could follow that, and I think a lot of people identified with that sort of entrepreneurship in that. And we did the, we did a series of articles for Barista Magazine where we documented that whole journey, which was was both fun for us to so sort of like, what are we actually doing? And it was fun to see this uh, the feedback from you know baristas in the states, like, oh yeah, I dream about opening my own company. And this is so interesting, and you, you show that it's possible to do even if you don't have any investors or any financial backing that you can actually start it from scratch um, yeah we try to keep things up to date still the, it's, it's a funny thing with the whole like online community how much it's changed yes very and, much um, and like we still we still update our blog occasionally but I feel like it's not uh, it's not where people seek information as much um, we still feel that a lot of people value it we still get a lot of comment also from regular customers in Copenhagen which we feel, feel it's, it's very valuable for them to be able to hear more about when we go to origin, the experiences we have, and so on. Um, but nowadays, I, I feel like the uh, where we get in touch with the most people is actually Instagram. And yep. uh, we, we started an Instagram account very late. Like we, we just, I don't know, 
I, I guess we didn't really believe in it for a long time. We started the Instagram account, and within a few months, we had over ten thousand followers, and I think we have like close to twenty thousand followers now. Wow! Um, even though we have this weird name, Coffee Collective, with an F at the yeah. end, because someone else took the the real. I put, I'll put name. a link to your Instagram account in the show notes for this one, so people can click in there uh, and get some it's more. A fun thing to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, 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 I was exactly the same. I, I joined Instagram like twelve months ago. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I yeah. didn't do it for eight, and I was like, why haven't I been doing this? Exactly, yeah, that's, like, that's the feeling as well. But I, 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 I think it was a similar, I didn't believe in it. Yeah. Like, and do you know why? I th- and I think, a little, I'm going to kind of, we're Flickr guys. Yeah, exactly. You're one of my number one Flickr followers. So <laughs> yeah. I looked at your photos, but in a different medium, I was going, yeah. no, I'm just going to go to this little thing yeah. that's app, you know, app only. They want to yeah. look at it on the web, so. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm not a I'm not a particular early adapter with uh, with a lot of it. I remember Flickr I being big, am. and I didn't have a Flickr. And I remember actually Stephen Morrissey set up my Flickr during the World Research Championship in in Tokyo because he was saying like I'm so annoyed I can't follow all your journeys. Like okay, that's amazing. <laughs> so Coffee Collective's buying strategy I think was fairly unique in that you started off being direct trade from the very beginning. Yeah. How difficult was that? Because I know when I started, it's not something I could have done. Yeah. So how did you deal with that, and how, what kind of challenges did you have? I think first of all, it's a, it's it's a matter of priorities. So a lot of the other groceries that have started up around um, Denmark, particularly, invest a lot of their money into buying equipment and buying machines that they could put up for wholesale customers, and via that keep their wholesale customers on board because they own the machine. Um, we decided not to do that. We decided to spend whatever money we could in buying green coffee. And when you buy green coffee directly, you have to put up a lot of cash. Oh, yeah. So the liquidity is a nightmare. Um, but for us, it was like, that's, it's almost like we, we, we wrote these ground rules for ourselves from the beginning. Like, how would we want to do if we want to start a company? Like, it's like, for us, for it to be fun for us, this is how we want to do it. These are the premises. And then we, we basically from the beginning just knew that, okay, if we want to do this, we need to have a sound a sound economy in the company. We need to really think about how we spend money. And if you look at it, it, it doesn't seem sane to spend money on going to origin, buying directly when you're only buying like 40 bags. Of coffee. But at the same time, we said, well, if we can buy from just a few origins and buy a little, a little more from each of them, then it's it's doable, yeah. And so we uh, we had some good connections already from the beginning, from you know from previous work and, and from this international network as well. So it was quite easy for us to to get hold of some really good farmers from the beginning. And Did you think do you think being a world barista champion also opened some of those doors for you too? Like uh, Edwin Martinez, who's yeah. one of the farmers we've been working Mr. with. Mr. Hermosa, yeah, I love we, that coffee. Yeah, I, me like, too. And and yeah, and he's here. We we uh, we see him quite a lot. He, uh, we met actually in Portland when I was traveling the world after the World Research Championship. We met actually at the Stumptown party, and uh, and he came to just say hi, and we started chatting. And that's eight years ago now, I guess, or nine, nine years ago. Maybe he was a bit. He was a bit, He was one of the online community with us all back in that yeah, time, wasn't yeah, he? I mean, exactly. he was a heavy poster on coffee, and exactly. I mean, like, he, he was where where is coffee then? Like, why, why is coffee not working there? That was so much fun yeah. back in that day where yeah. we were all yeah. Exactly, and he was he was uh, the first to get a producer export license out of Guatemala. Oh, wow. So the first farmer to export coffee himself, and now there's like 50 producers exporting coffees themselves. So he he showed uh, showed the way 
in Guatemala, and uh, and I think he's been a big believer in the, in the more direct relationship between yes. Canada and, and Russia. So, yeah. One thing I'm I, I'm like, I'm in awe of with Coffee Collective is your relationships in Kenya. Yeah. Um, I am like I was lucky enough to visit one of the cooperatives you work with this year, yeah. and we're talking to those guys there like. They love you. Yeah. Like, they proper, love proper love yeah. you. Yeah. So, how difficult has it been working in Kenya? And, like, how rewarding has it been to have those like, those special relationships? It's been incredibly rewarding and also incredibly difficult. Yeah. Uh, last year, with all the political changes, it was a very tough time. Um, we've had an outstanding relationship with, uh, with Dormans for many years. And uh, suddenly we couldn't buy the coffee from Kini through them, yeah. which was devastating to us in the beginning. Um, and then we went to visit Kenya. We we know the people there and um, and had a long talk with them without anyone else being present. And I think that that's been sort of a a, a new a, a breaking point for us in a lot of ways to to go and visit without any marketing agents, any other like exporters, anyone. But but just be there and you know showing them, hey, we really we want to buy your coffee. How yeah. can we do that? What what is your take on the situation? And I think that's what happens a lot of times that, like, a lot of time you don't actually hear what the farmers have to say, because there's all these other voices, uh, there's all these other interests, and um, and going back this year uh, and uh, in November as well, um, it's so apparent how much they value that we actually came back, we listened to what they had to say, um, we bought the coffee in spite of a lot of uh, a lot of difficult things that a lot of politics uh, surrounding it. Um, but we made sure that they got the money, they, they had a, the payment on time, that uh, they had a good price for the coffee and everything. And I think they really value that we took the time to, to really meet with them. And, uh, you know, we, we get phone calls from them now, like, you know, so how's it going? And, you know, should we come up to visit you? And, yeah, you should. Stuff like that. And that, that really sort of, I, I spent a whole day at um, the manager from Kenya, Charles and Wyatt. Such his a nice house, guy, his, but he, he is yeah. a giant. He, he, he made me feel yeah. very small. It's very good because both Peter and I are quite tall as well, so we, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah. I think we make him feel, uh, yeah, feel more natural in that way. But his wife cooked dinner for uh, for uh, me and uh, and one of our wholesale customers who came with me for an entire day at their house, and that's that's sort of you know being invited into the into their home and hearing his background and so on it means a lot to us. It's fantastic. What's next for Coffee Collective? What because you always seem to be pushing and innovating, like new shops and yeah. you know new relationships. What what's next? What's the next twelve months? Uh, I'm not entirely sure what's going to be the next uh, twelve months. Definitely not world domination. But, uh, <laughs> we're uh, I think in a, in a lot of ways we uh, what we like to do is to push things within the, the stuff that we have. Yeah. So within the coffee uh, the coffee collector we have we have our own three shops. There's so much going on in those shops right now that it's it's incredibly. Um, like um, I, I get incredibly enthusiastic looking at it, and, and it feels like five years ago it was me and the three other owners driving, pushing things. Now it's just as much, if, if not even more, our group of baristas, our bar managers, our maquinistas who are pushing things. They're constantly seeking out new ways of improving quality, one little step at a time, and it's, it can be small things, small changes to machinery or better grinders, uh, understanding uh, how we can push yields more, water chemistry. All these sort of things that that's going on behind the scenes, but you know, I wish you could say, uh, yeah, we're opening three more shops. You know, something that's very tangible. But 
But I, for me, I think it's it's all those small You're getting things. Better. That, I agree. That, that I agree. It's exciting. Um, after eight years, have you ever wanted to kill each other? I think we have a numerous times. But <laughs> the funny thing is, I think it was more in the first couple of years. Yeah. Like where probably egos were bigger, <laughs> and, and there was there was more stuff we had to figure out. Yeah. Um, we're uh, we're all four uh, gonna meet here uh, tomorrow, and we're doing a little trip uh, down the west coast of uh, of uh, United States together to visit uh, a bunch of friends in, in different coffee roasteries and shops there. Um, and it, uh, yeah, I think we we're we're better friends now than we've ever been. So that's that's actually remarkable. Fantastic. Mason yeah. Close, thank you very much. That's been amazing, and uh, I'm sure everybody else will agree with me. That's that's been super. Thank you. Thank you very much.